Coming to you live from the basement of an abandoned house in the middle of a field, it's the Derek Izzy Show. Making history his story, Derek Izzy. You're listening to The Derek Izzy Show. Welcome back. We are going to jump right into this month's podcast without wasting any time because there's a Thanksgiving meal waiting for me that I got to get to, so... I'm going to hurry through this one. We're going to skip the ads so we can get right to the topic of today's podcast. Born in January 9th, 1837, the topic of our podcast was actually born in England. He started off his career as a chemist. And where his career started to take off, using his knowledge of chemistry, he had a very unusual job. Basically, he was making kerosene from sperm whale oil. Sounds very unusual just to think about it, but for a chemist in the 1800s, that was not something unusual. Along with some of the interesting chemistry inventions of the 1800s, in the 1850s, an oil well was drilled in Titusville, Pennsylvania. Now, in order for our chemist to produce his kerosene, you had to kill the sperm whale. This was not a humane process. This was something that was done at the time because they had a completely different value system. You probably couldn't get away with that today. That would be ruled as animal cruelty. But once this oil well came out, they noticed something rather different. These oil wells were producing a gel-like substance The oil workers nicknamed it rod wax. And what did rod wax do? Well, it caused damage to your oil rig. So that was a bad thing. You you did not want rod wax on your oil rig. So you wanted to remove that. What do you do with it once you remove it? Somebody tried something brilliant. In 1865, the topic of our podcast took this substance from the oil fields in Titusville, Pennsylvania, and he took it back to his laboratory. He started experimenting with it. He wanted to know exactly what this substance did and where it came from. He tasted it. He tried putting it on different things. He found that the oil workers started rubbing it on their scrapes and cuts, claiming that it helped them heal faster. Okay? Now, people in the, in the 1800s did have a lot of wives' tales, a lot of legends that were just falsehoods that were spread because... You didn't have access to the internet. You couldn't verify claims. You would just listen to what somebody said, and they would spread the word to the next person. They would spread the word to the next person. Not like today, where you can go online and find out the truth and become a medical expert in a five-minute Google search. So he's experimenting with his rod wax, and he is fascinated by it. And yes, he did taste it. It did not have much taste to it, but... He tried it anyway, 
just to see if there were any ill effects. Maybe it was the placebo effect that made him feel better, or maybe there's magic in this rod wax. The topic of our podcast would eat a spoonful of this magic substance every day of his life. Now, the pure rod wax wasn't what he was studying. To add some clarification, he took the rod wax, made some altercations to it, deodorized it, filtered it out, and did a lot of experimentation with it. As the experimentation grew, he started talking about it. He started telling his friends about it. He started telling his colleagues about it. He told anyone who would listen about his new magical substance. As he started to spread the word of his wonder jelly, the topic of our podcast had full faith and confidence in the product that he was now making, he decided to start his own company. And in 1874, raising $500,000, he set up his offices in New York. The company moved several times over the next 10 years. The company expanded overseas. In 1875, they started selling products in England. In 1881, they became majority-owned by the Standard Oil Trust. John D. Rockefeller was big in the Standard Oil Trust. As the word began to spread of this product, the London Medical Journal did an article on this wonder jelly kind of being a cure-all, and that garnered more attention. The mass production continued. The topic of our podcast would start to see success eating the product every day. The company would go through several mergers. The company would withstand the stock market crash of 1929 because everyone had a need for this wonder jelly. In the late 1920s and 1930s, they began to expand and merge with other companies in order to create more products and a more diverse portfolio. The wonder jelly product was a key ingredient in the expansion and used in several other products. Where was this company headed? Was it a miracle cure? Testimonies from people would, people would rub it on their wounds and they would swear by the success they saw with their wounds healing much faster than those who did not use the product. And the topic of our podcast with his total faith, he would actually test it on himself. During a live demonstration, he would cut himself, burn himself, and then apply his wonder jelly to his cuts and burns. And then he would show you previous cuts and burns that had been healed with his product. He would go door to door to different pharmacies selling his product. He preached the benefits of his product like an evangelist minister. It was the greatest product in the world, the cure-all for everything. And he continued to eat a spoonful a day. As the company grew, so did competition. In the 1950s, television advertising became popular. That's when the topic of our podcast decided to merge with an extract company. The merger of those companies would allow them to create one large production, administration, and sales force and broaden their ability to research their products. And it turned out to be a very successful merger. That company was called the Pons Extract Company. This wonder jelly became a medicine chest staple. Everybody had it. It was used to cure all kinds of different things. 
Here are just some of the uses that the product was beneficial for. I spoke before that it was used for cuts and burns. It's been used in skin and hair care. It's been used for preventing moisture loss, such as chapped lips. It's been used in grooming, such as uh, mustache wax. If we've got any mustache waxers out there, shout out to you guys. It's good for skin lubrication, for athletes, cyclists, where you've got your shorts that are rubbing up against you. It can also be used on other items to prevent corrosion. It can be used as a finish to protect wood. It's also recommended by Porsche in maintenance training documentation for the lubrication of weather stripping in your car, the doors, the hood. It's been used in candle wax formulas. It's been used in explosives. It can be used to remove makeup. It's also helpful in moisturizing the paws of your little pet. If you have parts of your skin, like on your hands, where you're prone to get blisters, use it there. It can prevent blistering. Do you have a baby who gets diaper rash? It can be used as a diaper rash preventative. And last but not least, you can take a spoonful of it a day and live to be 96 years old. Because this has been the story of Robert Cheesebro. When I talked about the merger of his company, that merger created the Cheesebro Ponds Company and the Wonder Jelly invented in the 1800s that Robert ate a spoonful of every day and lived to be 96 was Vaseline. Because now you know the rest of the story. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to donate to today's show, click the donate link on DerekIzzy.com. If we get each listener to donate $1, it's set up to do PayPal. We can keep funding the Derek Izzy Show for future episodes. Good day.